Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in yet again this week. I have happy news to report in my 50 listener challenge for patreon.com slash lightfiles, which is the best way to support this podcast and to allow me to innovate and come up with new content and do interviews that I think you would all love to hear. Um, go support the podcast on patreon.com slash light files. We are up to 13 active patrons and I appreciate every one of them. Y'all are the lights of my life. Um, literally. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate the support. You know who you are. And I look forward to having, oh God, Lisa and the quick math. Y'all are screaming and beating your steering wheels right now, wondering how I run a business. 37 more patrons uh, joining us shortly. The thing about math and me is I generally always know the answer, but I always second guess myself. And I do not know why. I think it's because of the availability of the calculator that I have become reliant on it when I know I need not be because I knew the answer right off the top of my head, but I stopped myself from saying it because I wanted to check myself first. Also, I don't like to be wrong. Um, (laughs) I'm a perfectionist type A personality and being wrong is not my jam. Uh, Although I'm sad to say it does happen from time to time, but we'll just pretend that's not the case. (laughs) So anyway, patreon.com slash light vials. I so appreciate the support. It's lovely. Um, the follow the podcast, uh, on Instagram at light files. That's always, uh, super amazing. I appreciate that. And it's, I always put up a post when I have, uh, dropped the new episode. So if for some reason you're not subscribed to this podcast on your favorite podcast listing platform, um, you will always get a notification there of the new episode and the link to listen. So thank you guys so much. Um, I really, really look forward to evolving this podcast uh, over the next several months. Um, I'm hoping to be able to do some fun things while I'm in Dallas in January. And so speaking of, let's talk about January Lightovation. Um, So I think everyone is pretty well aware that the dates for this uh, January market are significantly different than what they have been uh, in the recent past. Um, so official market dates are January Thursday, January 6th through Sunday, January 9th. Those are the official market dates from the Dallas Market Center. Although I have uh, just found out that I think uh, several showrooms are just going to attend market on their normal buying schedule um, and are coming in on Tuesday the 4th and departing on Friday the 7th. <laughs> market dates... Uh, regardless. So, um, I thought that was really interesting. I wondered a lot about the pressures that would put on manufacturers who are already really time crunched with this, um, you know, the market, you know, happening just a couple days after the new year's holiday, which is just a week after Christmas holidays. Um, I, and just the availability of goods right now. I'm sure there will be products coming in at the very last minute. Um, I'm sure in some ways these manufacturers feel like if the product hasn't arrived by the end of this month, by the end of October, that it's just not going to get up on display for a January market. Um, so I'm interested to see uh, how this all plays out. I'm, I'm sure a lot of us are. 
again, with the shifted timeline towards the end of the week. And then, uh, with just the, knowing the time crunch of how much effort is involved. I mean, think of it in your own showrooms. If you were trying to hang a hundred, 200 new pieces in your showroom over the time span of just a couple, three weeks. I mean, just think about how challenging that would be. And, you know, and, and that's exactly what they're doing. Um, of course, you know, they can come back and forth to the showroom, um, as much as they want and get it all, you know, prettied up in time for market, but it's still a big, big undertaking. Um, and, and, and it is a tough job to get it all staged appropriately, the same as it is in our own retail lighting showrooms. So we, we do appreciate all the efforts that go into it and just curious about this, especially if people, um, just going to go to market on Tuesday, January 4th, when I assume a bunch of sales team meetings will be going on anyway, we'll see how this goes, <laughs> but I, um, it is only just a few months away and I am already, uh, getting excited. I made my first market appointment, um, actually just before I started recording this podcast, um, which I feel like is a little late for me, but I'm again, type a on top of things tend to do my market appointments pretty early <laughs> and they're well set, uh, before I even think about, uh, packing my bags to go. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, upcoming. I'm getting, again, starting to get really excited about, uh, January market. I think the first market where everybody will be back in full force and, and that's just going to be really, really exciting and energetic. And I imagine it's going to give me a lot of, um, passion back for my job, which is much needed, especially for me. And I think many of us at the moment, um, <laughs> especially those of us in retail lighting showroom world, whose minds and hearts are numbed by looking at, uh, data sheets and price files and trying to get it all updated appropriately and on time. It's just been, it has been a lot lately. And, uh, I, you know, I keep whittling away at my list and that's all I can do. And it is what it is just trying to make the best of it. I actually had a customer, um, this past week email me, you know, uh, <laughs> that he didn't want to place his order now because he knew prices, uh, had gone up, but he was really sure they had gone up artificially and they would be coming back down. And, uh, I did actually have the heart to tell him that, uh, in my experience <laughs> in this industry and all of the others, um, if product is still selling at the higher prices, when the impetus for the higher price goes away, the pricing is actually not likely to drop. <laughs> so it's all very reasonable and understanding why the prices increased. All of the pressures and additional expenses manufacturers have faced with shipping and logistics and just, gosh, the cost of uh, getting goods to this country. I mean, I just can't even imagine. Um, so I totally get why the prices have increased. Um, but yeah, I think if sales stay strong across those increased prices, um, they're not going to go down. <laughs> so unfortunately for this gentleman, he might have missed the lower price boat that he was expecting to jump on. Um, but yeah, so it's just been, it's been a lot going on and part of the struggle with, um, all the admin work and the 
you know, behind the scenes. It really does kind of take um, the wind out of one's sails about, um, these are a lot of boating metaphors I'm making right now, probably because I live near the water or something and it's on my mind, <laughs> but I just noticed. Anyway, back on track. Um, it does take, uh, take your heart out of it a little bit when uh, every day I feel like I'm just faced with this mountain of administrative work that I have to get through and I don't get to do a lot of the fun parts of my job. I will also confess that I had a really tough week this past week um, with employee management and just um, behavioral issues among my staff. Um, I really hate that part of my job. Um, my, <laughs> I don't know how many of my staff listen to this, so I surely won't go into any details um, because it is private matters between uh, my, you know, my business and my employees. But um, I think it's pretty well known, and I, I do always um, try to make evident things that are a little tougher for me as a manager. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty much an open book, as anyone who knows me or listens to this podcast knows. And I am well aware that I have faults and shortcomings and do not do everything perfectly. And for me, not everyone believes this, and you could argue the other way. For me, I believe in some degrees, it's better to own up to what I'm stronger at than other things. Um, I'm a wizard at uh, procedures and multitasking and following the rules, and, and these are what we need to do. You know, this is the path that we need to follow for success. Um, I am not always the most amazing at interpersonal relationships. I can have a really hard time with them. I, um, I just, I get thrown off my game easy and it's just a little bit of a challenge. So it's definitely something I've learned and worked on and I'm way better at it now than I was two years ago, five years ago, you know, the personal growth and all that. And I, and I do, am aware of these uh, difficulties for me. So I really do try to focus on being better at it. Um, but again, when these kind of behavioral, I can't think of a better way to say it, behavioral issues come up with a staff member, I honestly, part of me just really dreads having to deal with it. And I really just want to bury my head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist and just, okay, can't we just all, you know, go home, come back tomorrow and pretend nothing ever happened. But unfortunately, what one staff member does has a snowball effect across other staff members. And when it's a behavioral thing that can really impact morale and how people are even feeling about wanting to come to work, that's when I have to step in. <laughs> even when I really don't want to, I really just want to like ostrich head in the sand this isn't going on and I just want to like go to bed <laughs> and come back tomorrow and let's just be professional and do our jobs that we're all paid to, to do, paid to be here for. But it, sadly, it doesn't always work like that. So that definitely has also challenged me this week and taken up a bunch of my mental energy just trying to, you know, think through everything I have to deal with, with this particular issue and this particular employee and how I want to address it and how do I be fair and how do I keep my own emotions out of it? That's tough. <laughs> That's real tough. Um, I do admire the ability of many men to compartmentalize and the emotional factor. Generally speaking, I am broad stroking here that generally isn't as tough of a, a, of a battle for men in, in leadership positions, but it definitely 
is a real struggle for me when like I the, something's pulling on my heartstrings or I can really understand what happened to make somebody feel this way. And anyway, it just can be, it can be really, really challenging to set your personal emotions and honestly, your personal judgment aside and think rationally and think just what the business needs, because that is my first rule taught to me, you know, by my now husband, but, um, you know, people that know him and maybe know his manner of running a business might not totally agree with everything he did, but it has always been very clear to me from day one that the reason his businesses have been successful is because they came first and the success of the business comes first before any personal relationship or anything going on inside of the business, the broad health and success of the, of the corporation of the company comes before most everything else. And surely he sacrificed a a lot of family time and many, many other things to get to that point. I do believe in the world we live in now, it doesn't have to be that, you know, dramatic, but it is definitely a decision I have to make every day to put the business first and what it needs first, even when it puts me personally in positions that I'm uncomfortable with and just makes me deal with things I don't want to have to deal with. I could be the happiest little camper if I could just sit in my office, you know, be my little trained monkey on the keyboard, type away. I am an email girl. I do not like to speak on the phone. I will text with you all you want. Um, I'll do the phone if I have to, (laughs) but I really prefer communicating via email. I like it when I have a minute to think about my responses. I'm not totally great off the cuff. Um, I can be overwhelmed. I'm totally one of these people that, uh, you know, two hours a day later after a conversation, I'm like, oh, I should have said. So I reply to emails quickly, but I really like that opportunity to just pause and think before I say something. But, uh, anyway, it's just been, I, this is a Lisa therapy session all of a sudden. Sorry about that y'all. But I think my point is, is that we all in our everyday lives in this business, and especially if everything we're going through right now, um, on all ends, all the challenges manufacturers are facing and reps and, uh, lighting showrooms. Um, there's just a lot of, um, additional junk (laughs) that we're all being forced to deal with. And then, uh, you know, when you're a manager in a business add on top of that, uh, you know, the extra staffing or whatever issues that can come up or, you know, you have an employee leaving and you've got to rehire or you need to hire an employee and you're, you know, trying to go through it. You know, there's just a whole laundry list of things that can sometimes, um, really be like depressing. And it's even harder when it's stuff that is, uh, just challenging to you personally. Like I said, I kind of, uh, don't, I don't mind, although I'm, I have complained a smidge about all the administrative work just because it is getting to kind of a mind numbing level. I actually enjoy it. I like it when I can kind of zone out and get a procedure done in my database. And I get a lot of personal satisfaction from being like check mark that is done. Makes me feel very accomplished. So I could be really happy just doing that, but it's when you add all this other stuff in that it just gets a little overwhelming. So I am looking forward to some (laughs) re-energizing of my mind and spirit in relationship to my job in the industry 
and getting to talk to everybody, literally everybody in person again, having um, great um, conversations in Dallas. I just, I'm so looking forward to this January market and and seeing everybody in person again. Uh, we got a really good taste of it in June, but I know January is going to be even more spectacular. And another thing I've been thinking a lot about heading into January market and 2022 in general is really trying to think about the issues that I keep addressing in this podcast that are so important for independent lighting showrooms. And I I think I'd really like um, either via the LSA or maybe the LSA expands on this, but I think I'd really like to put out some thoughts on like concrete ideas on IMAP holidays and margins in the showroom and uh, markups and all of this. I know uh, there's definitely some things that I have to be careful about speaking on in a broad way, but it just keeps coming up over and over every day in my business as I'm looking at the numbers and the balance sheet and the financial statements. And I, you know, this, and I, and I watch shows that are like profit level or do research should be at these levels. And anyway, but because the margins in the lighting industry are so compressed because of IMAPs being as low as they are in a lot of cases, um, I, yeah, I just keep coming back to these issues that we're really kind of like chopping our own selves off at the knees uh, when it comes to a lot of these policies that we have just sort of taken for granted as well, it is what it is. And I just think that maybe it's time to really put some concrete ideas and evidence out there about how, well, maybe it doesn't really need to be that way. And here's uh, examples of what have been tried and while, uh, you know, and, and measures that it's succeeding. I would really like to spend some time uh, with some ceiling fan manufacturers in, in Dallas and maybe before I have noticed um, over the past year, I'll say, maybe it's happened sooner than that, that a lot of uh, mar- IMAP markups, um, the IMAP price on ceiling fans for online sales, I noticed a lot of those have gone up to two times cost for many ceiling fan manufacturers. And now I'm not speaking on the builder grade product. Of course, um, I think most of us kind of expect that not to be IMAPed at all, but anything above um, the builder grade, a lot of the IMAPs on those products across many of the ceiling fan manufacturers are two times cost, uh, 2.0 IMAP. And sometimes it's even better than that, depending on the fan. And um, I feel like this is a real shift um, because it it used to be a lot of times fans were 1.8 IMAP. So um, it's definitely increased. And I think, uh, I mean, that's a huge benefit to me in the showroom. And I would really love to hear from the manufacturer's side Um, did that have any impact on their sales? Did sales stay the same? Did they dip? Did they increase? Now, I know some of that's going to be thrown off by the year of 2020 and now 2021 with all the pandemic-related buying and everything, but surely there must be some idea of whether that increased pricing has hurt them at all. And assuming that it hasn't, um, I, I say that's a great example of we need not be so afraid of having pricing at a level that makes lighting showroom distribution sustainable. Uh, that, 
let's do it. <laughs> you're going to have much better showrooms. You're going to have much better operated showrooms when we're not trying to do everything on a shoestring budget. Cause that's where a lot of like these gripes about, you know, like mom and pop come along. Okay. Well, yeah, I get it. Uh, I'm not doing all of the things online that maybe I could be and not all of the marketing and all, all everything you want me to, but my hands are already tied behind my back with my profit margins. So what, where am I going to come up with extra money to hire people to do this or to make sure my website has the best possible online e-commerce tools? Like, how am I going to do that? A lot of that falls on me to do. And honestly, my time's taken right now with price updates and the Lighting Showroom Association. And I don't have time to do anything other than that past running my business. So any edge I can get on additional profitability is just going to make my business better and it's going to make my business a better partner for you, manufacturer and sales agent. I'm going to be a better partner if the pressure, if the, if the foot is taken off my neck a little bit and I can breathe a little bit more with profit margins. So I, this is just my own um, two cents about fans and noticing this, especially noticed it with a lot of the price updates I was applying that I even had um, some of the IMAPs wrong on my pricing. It is all corrected now. Um, but I just, I somehow it escaped my notice that the IMAPs went up to two times cost. And also it shouldn't have escaped my notice. Sales agents should have been like jumping up and down and screaming that the margins have gone up <laughs> on some of these manufacturers. And, uh, you know, Lisa, you need to make sure that your pricing is up to date and you're doing this. It's always right on our website, but just in my database. Um, and you know, why, why aren't people shouting from the rooftops when they're making deals better for lighting showrooms? Um, and maybe they are shouting it from the rooftops. I'm just not on that email list, which also seems to be a thing. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's my uh, thoughts for this week. I've, I've run a little long, but I always appreciate y'all so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my random thoughts. Sometimes um, I really appreciate being able to get it out there and I hopefully um, helps give everyone a little sense of community. That's kind of what I'm going for um, in case you couldn't figure it out. Uh, when I'm trying to do these things, talking about my personal experience in the store and the things that are challenging to me. For me, every time I do a podcast like this, and I even just get a couple people feeding back that, um, oh my gosh, I kind of thought I was alone in this, or I have a similar struggle, or that struggle that you have about personnel management isn't one that I have, but I have this other issue that bogs me down. Um, I really appreciate that, that knowing that we're not alone in the challenges that we face um, is just to me uh, everything, like just knowing that there's a community of us out there that support one another, um, really makes the difference for me. And on those days when it's kind of hard for me to get out of bed and be excited about my job, that really pushes me through. So thanks to you all support the podcast, patreon.com slash light files, uh, more exciting things to come. And thank you so much, everyone take care. <laughs>